0: I was fascinated last week that Jerry was pounding Egg McMuffins like it was his job and dosing them with salt because he didn't care because he's 80. How about that? What better, shrimp cocktail or Egg McMuffin? Don't waste our time. It's Egg McMuffin all day. And don't get me started about those puny little cocktail rings that you buy. They're disgusting. Egg McMuffin's good anywhere.
1: That's right. It's the Rod Peterson Show.
0: It's the Rod Peterson Show. That's right. Thank you, Rick Regan. Welcome, everybody, inside your favorite daytime sports talk show. We're coming at you live on Game Plus Television, uh, YouTube, as always, and WQEE Radio. We remain in the NHL's Bermuda Triangle up here in Canada, where hockey's big, big, big. But we got a lot of topics to get to today. and Obviously, Super Bowl 57 is a big one. Uh, Coming up today, Vancouver radio broadcaster Jeff Patterson. He follows the Canucks. And uh, Craig Button, Canada's, I I don't know. Let's bring in Moose here. The Moose is with me. Uh, Craig Button, Canada's foremost analyst is he he's up there he's up there he's for up there sure from tsn craig yeah. button will be with the former general manager of the calgary flames assistant gm of the dallas stars and my dad's boss for about 15 20 years craig button <laughs> those are the guests and uh i think we're ready to go can you hit the quick six show horn jordan Let's jump right into it thank you i guess i was kind of thinking. You know, the recap of the weekend, but that's what we're about to do here in the warm-up. But Clark has the photo. Can we throw this up? I want to send a big thank you and a uh, howdy-do to all the people that came down to the Four Seasons Sports Palace. The Four Seasons for all the right reasons. This was Mike Maroudis. He won one of the door prizes. Ricky the Iguana showed up. Our beloved mascot, Ricky the Iguana showed up. And that's the Greek freak Georgianitos on the right in his Vikings gear. Mike won that jersey or that jacket. There was all kinds of um, NFL prizing there. And from Bet Regal, our exclusive betting partner. Thank you, Moose, for taking that photo. We had a big time at the Four Seasons. It was absolutely packed for Super Bowl 57 and I have some more some funny stories coming out of that but let's talk about the game here with Moose number one Patrick Mahomes was magical when the Kansas City Chiefs needed him to pull off another Super Bowl comeback. Playing on an injured ankle, Mahomes threw two touchdown passes in the fourth quarter and scrambled 26 yards on the go-ahead drive before Harrison Butker kicked a 27-yard field goal with eight seconds to go, giving the Kansas City Chiefs a 38-35 victory over the Philadelphia Eagles Sunday. It was the second NFL title in four years for KC. Two-time NFL MVP Patrick Mahomes earned his second Super Bowl MVP award. We're going to move on to other things because gosh knows there's all kinds of NFL analysis going around. But I I will just say this. I sat beside Moose, your lovely gal, Leanne, and John Frenzy was there. John Frenzy, the Don Cherry of football. I could have strangled him because it was about (laughs) about, uh, halfway through the second quarter. A lot of people will know John. He's 85 years old and he was on this show for years. He's not anymore. He's retired, but he said, you're not watching the game. I said, I'm hosting a Super Bowl party. I need to move around and talk to everybody here. Just sit there and watch the game, okay? Don't worry about me. But I said to you going into the fourth quarter, I said, the Chiefs haven't been the Chiefs all game. Do you remember me saying that? Yeah. They will show up. So they did. I predicted KC by a four- to five-point spread. They won by three. Hell of a football game.
2: It really was. To be honest, it was a great football game and a really kind of odd or anticlimactic ending to the game, even though it was a game-winning field goal. Um, They scored on every possession of the second half. They came out at halftime with that extended Mm -hmm. halftime and just completely outplayed Philadelphia. And that Philadelphia's defense, you know, had a lack of big plays in the second half. Um, But it was fun. You know, Patrick Holmes didn't throw for 200 yards, but he still threw three touchdowns. It was a clinic from Andy Reid. And, you know, Jalen Hurts was fantastic in a losing effort. But, yeah, it was a really good game last night. Lots of fun.
0: We, um, the viewership's going up as we go in the listenership. And, by the way, shout out to Ryan O'Radio down there in Atlanta. Ryan, who cares what we think? What did you think about Super Bowl 57? Ryan O'Radio, who hosts the radio penitentiary every morning here on WQEE Radio. He says, Monday, time for the RP show with King Rod and Top Gun. I do have the Bet Regal robe here. I'm just not putting it on just yet. I'll get to the poll question and so forth, but we have new people in the audience. Um, I Kyrando, that's the name right, and he laughs. He goes, oh, Golden Corral. <laughs> you don't understand. We are the Golden Corral of sports talk here. We're a buffet. We're a little bit of everything for everybody, and we don't spend a lot of time on any particular topic, right, any particular meal we or food item. That's right. We move on, and pretty soon we're going to get to leftovers here, but... John Schmeiser writes in. He says, good morning from Kansas City. All hail to the Chiefs. You see, they're saying, is this a dynasty now for the Chiefs? And I agree with one of the pundits that said it's not a dynasty until you win at least three Super Bowls in a compacted area. The Cowboys won three. They were a dynasty in the early 90s. I think you got to win at least three. The Chiefs aren't a dynasty yet.
2: (sighs) They're really close if they're not been been to three Super Bowls, right? Um, I think that matters, how many you get to. And maybe, you know, people often say the modern-day dynasty because it's so hard to have that consistent success for long periods of time. Um, But I think maybe one more. And if you listen to the post-game coverage and the comments from Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, they're not done. So they're going to retool and come right back. And uh, no reason to think. I mean, I looked this morning on Bet Regal. They're the early favorites to win the Super Bowl next year
0: uh clark's doing a really good job if it is clark and i believe it is of running the uh viewer comments down Bingo! the bottom of the screen for those that are yeah that are watching on television i wanted to move on to hockey because i got sunday nfl nhl leftovers here plus some surprising things that you wouldn't even believe it's new items on the buffet here are the golden corral of sport yeah new blowing people's minds but just hang on ryan O'Radio radio has chimed in with something here from Metro Atlanta he said it was a great game a few missed calls but overall it was great now we're ready for some CFL and I thank you for we have to spend a minute on the two things that everybody's talking about the halftime show and the holding penalty the defensive holding penalty on the Eagles defensive back James Bradbury because it did decide the game we were watching it together the flag came out we knew the game was over they were going to at least They were going to get a first down so they could score a touchdown or kick a field goal to win the game. That's exactly what happened. Greg Olson doing the color on Fox said it was a soft penalty, ticky-tack penalty for that moment of a game of that magnitude. And I thought, but it was a penalty. And I had a flashback in my mind. And anybody that listened to my commentary today, and you can go read it right now at rodpeterson.com, was the 2014 Grey Cup. Stick with me, everybody, that doesn't know. BC Play Stadium. I'm there. 60,000 people in Vancouver. Hamilton Tiger Cats think they won the Grey Cup. Last second punt return touchdown to win the game. Whoop, flag on the field. Beep, beep, beep. Back up. Blocking from the back. Touchdown off the board. Calgary Stampeders win the game. And everybody's going, but they weren't calling it all game. I talked to the referees after the game in the lounge at the Georgian Court Hotel right across the street from BC Place. You know what the ref said? What if we didn't call it? Then we'd look like idiots. Yeah. It was a penalty. James Bradbury committed defensive holding
2: on Juju Smith-Schuster. So why are we sitting here complaining about this at all? And he said after the game that he held him. And he just hoped that it was... You said he admit, yeah! And he just hoped that it was, you know, just a little, you know, not enough to get the penalty. And did it really affect the play? Maybe not. Was it really that big of a deal? Maybe not. But we want to look at that and say, they blew it. They gave the Chiefs the win. Let's think about a couple of things. They were in field goal range. They were going to kick the field goal. All this did was eliminated Philadelphia's chance to get the ball back with a little over a minute left instead of eight seconds. Um, at the end of the day... The Chiefs won because they scored on every possession of the second half, and the Philadelphia defense didn't stop them. They had every opportunity to win. I think they were up uh, 24-14 at the half. So it did not come down to that play, it didn't decide the game. It was just a big moment at the end.
0: Uh, God bless our audience. Jeff, the Stamps fan, writes it and says that was a penalty in 2014. That's what I said. Jake Hughes watching in Airdrie. You know Jake now. He's an yeah. ordained football official he says as an official you never want a call to be the discussion no you don't but it was so here we are right it, yeah it, the question would be is it a penalty the answer is yes so we move on and i'll get to more of this uh Allie's checking in from texar i good morning ali we're going to be moving on to hockey right away and Carlos in Indianapolis says, it may also be a product of people trying to find a reason to claim the league is rigged. And that's where I don't have any time. I saw that, too. I saw that in uh, USA Today, my favorite national newspaper, people talking about that. And that's when we stop We stop the discussion. It's not rigged. <laughs> and that's why they go out of their way. If you ever thought it was rigged, they'll fire the guy that you think is rigging it because they can't have that. Yeah. From a betting perspective and an integrity perspective, I totally get why they can't have that. It's not rigged. And on the halftime show, because we are not the View, we're still a sports show. Pink's writes in. He says, "I didn't hear anything good about the halftime show. All I heard was someone changed the channel to a red Teletubby." Well, that's mean. Um, I'm a big Rihanna fan. Have been for years. I love her music. Uh, there was no stupid pomp and circumstance. They came out there. Sure, they had a dance team doing pelvic thrusts on stage. It's no different than your, your local yoga class.
2: <laughs> right? Yeah. It wasn't. Now the platform's going up and down. they were doing push that pelvis way
0: up there. They were doing that, like a 100 of them. Yeah. Um, so
2: what? Love Rihanna? She's very classy. I think so. Uh, do you have anything on that before we move on? Because I'm ready to move on. I thought it was fine. I didn't think it was good. Didn't think it was bad. I thought it was just whole hum. I don't think we're going to be talking You're about You're saying it was boring. It was just kind of boring. Yeah. Okay. Like, there was nothing that's, like, pulled you out of your seat. It was, she sang, Great the music was good she looked good everything was great but it wasn't like a oh, Wow we're not gonna look back and and be remembering this even a week from now or even looking back and remembering great moments of the halftime I just think it was kind of ho-hum Jason in Red Deer says uh,
0: Rihanna was great she did the best she could being pregnant for God's sakes no kidding right there was <laughs> two of them out there singing That's she had fine. her own backup band uh, John in Edmonton says Rod Should Calgary take government money for a new arena in order to keep the team in Cowtown or fund it publicly like how Edmonton did with Rogers Place? Well, taking money from the government is funding it publicly. They need to do whatever it takes to keep the Calgary Flames in Calgary, and that's what they're going to do. They're not going anywhere, so let's get it done. I read the articles. Uh, I appreciate you bringing that up, John, because we're going to be going to Calgary pretty soon. Not a lot has changed. Kevin, the medium, says, what yoga classes are you going to, Rod? <laughs> not enough lately, Kevin, but when, listen, let's find some in
2: Calgary and go together.
0: Uh, I did my I own just today.
2: See, I can just see the two of you going to the yoga class.
0: With our little rolled-up mats. Hog. <laughs> uh, well, John Ohm um, says, I think the halftime show is 18-plus, not family-worthy viewing. Spicy! Stop, John. It's no different than any other yoga class, as I said. But what did I say sitting there last night? I said, John Chick's going to be losing his mind right now. Because a few yeah. years ago, this is the former Indianapolis Colts and Jacksonville Jaguars defensive end. Should be a Hall of Famer here in Saskatchewan. Uh, devout, devout, devout Christian. Probably the most devout I know. And he, uh, I think he wrote a letter to the NFL. With a Shakira halftime. That a couple was Shakira. Years ago. Do you remember that? I and do. And JLo. Yeah. None of us had a problem with it. How about that? 902 518 3033, the number to call. Uh, <laughs> no, we're not taking calls.
2: The number <laughs> to text. Strike me down
0: before we take calls.
2: <laughs> I know. I've ran that by you a few times. Nope. So like, what do you think? You not know? a chance Yeah.
0: will we take calls. Write that down. Um, I'm going to fly through the NHL Sunday leftovers, and then we'll come back and deliver them a little more, uh, get into them a little more. Jaden Schwartz, who hails from 20 miles south of here right now. Wilcox, Saskatchewan, scored twice. Jordan Eberle, who hails from right here had a goal and a, an assist, and the Seattle Kraken sapped some of Philadelphia's Super Bowl Sunday excitement, beating the Flyers 4-3 in Philly. In Montreal, Jordan Harris had his first career two-goal game, and the Habs earned wins on back-to-back weekend afternoons, uh, beating the Oilers 6-2 at Centre Bell. Alex Belziel, Josh Anderson, Raphael Parvi pinard and Christian Dvorak added goals for Montreal. For the oil, Leon Dreisidel and Evander Kane scored for Edmonton. Connor McJesus was left off the score sheet. Stuart Skinner made 24 saves for the orders. You like that, eh? Yeah, you got the inflections. Now right. I got it right. Yes. Finally. In Lost Wages. Seven Vegas players had two points, and the Golden Knights scored five times in the third period to break open a one-goal game and extend their winning streak to three games, roasting the Anaheim Ducks 7-2. In Washington, Eric Carlson had a goal and two assists. Aaron Dell stopped all eight shots he faced in relief, and the San Jose Sharks ended their road trip by beating Washington by a score of 4-1. I'm a pretty happy cat, this weekend, I watched Junior A Hockey live, Estevan and Nippowin. I watched NCAA hockey on the television with my brother and his wife. And that Tracy's no dummy. You've met her. Mm-hmm. She's a veterinarian. We watched uh, Syracuse play Mercyhurst, where our niece, my niece, their daughter, Sydney, plays. Yeah. Tracy doesn't know a hockey puck from a coffee cup. That's a fact. <laughs> she said to me in the middle of it, what would you rather have, a penalty shot or a power play? And I looked at my brother, who fancies himself as some sort of hockey aficionado, and the fact of the matter is, he is. Ooh. We debated it for two hours. Yeah. I, I had to put it on, t- on Twitter and ask people, what would you rather have, a penalty shot or a power play? And I'll tell you what the results were when we come back. Plus, today's poll question. We have a lot of interesting things to get into. We're barely started here. It's the uh, warm-up, and we're live on Game Plus Television, live streaming on YouTube, your favorite podcast platform. And... Uh, W-Q-E-E Radio, the key.
1: Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Because it's a heave-ho. hi Stealing wheat and barley, such a young man's game. Hey, there's an easier way to plunder. Playnow.com, Saskatchewan's only legal gambling site. How do we score such a bounty? US slot games, table games, and sports betting. Winning such a treasure, there'd be no more swabbing the deck.
3: Visit playnow.com to sign up today. Play with confidence, plus profit, stay in Saskatchewan. Must be 19 plus to play. Use your game sense.
0: all right and we are live on this monday episode number 938 of your favorite uh, daytime sports talk show is on the air and we've got a lot to get to today's poll uh, the weekend poll but we're gonna jump into our bad beats segment now for our exclusive betting partner bet regal and uh Moose, you have a bad beat. Does it have to do with the Super Bowl? It or? does. Yeah? Okay, it does. It? It has
2: to do with you. It was the prop bet. The over under at Bet Regal for Chris Stapleton's national anthem was two minutes. Do we have a ruling on what he exactly was? I've seen a couple different unofficial rulings of 202, but we're coming into this song, and I picked the over because I know he sings slow. The national ballads. anthem, not just any song, by right. the way. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not just any song. You had the under. Now, I didn't kind of realize, I guess they knew he would sing slow, so they had the appropriate over under. And we're coming down the wire. Leanne's got the stopwatch going, you're watching, Bob's up top, right, and the guys are up top, and I Bob, just hear you pulling going. out your hair, land the plane, land the and it came down to the last note, and he hung on for a second and a half longer to just hit the over. Uh, it looked like it was going to be wrapped up in the under, uh, no problem at all, but uh, that last note, got gotcha you. I'm with you, it's like he had somebody in his ear to just string it out, Chris, string it out a little longer, we're going to hit
0: right to two minutes that's pretty much exactly what he did. And it busted my, yes. my bracket, my prop challenge. So good one. yeah, That's a good one. So we play Bad Beats every Monday for our exclusive betting partner, Bet Regal. Sign up today. I appreciate all those who did. Uh, again, before we move on, we have the unofficial poll question this weekend. I just threw it out on Twitter because I didn't have an answer, my brother and I, that my sister-in-law came up with. What would you rather have, a penalty shot or a power play? And incidentally, power play won. It was almost 1,000 votes of it, and um, but my brother Lee said, it's a good point, there's no guarantee you're going to get any good scoring chance at all on a power play. So, of course, you'd want a penalty shot. So, Dad, yeah. today's poll question is this, as we talked about the NHL on the weekend, for Capital Automall, Universal Collision Center, uh, Universal ha- or Capital has dealerships all across the Canadian Prairies and the state of California. What's Canada's best NHL team? And there's a little bit of a debate over that, I would think. Maybe more than we should have. We came up with these top four, and it's not hard. Oilers, Flames, Leafs, Winnipeg Jets. And I'm not really looking at the points, but I mean, Ottawa's out. Their goalie's done for the rest of the year. Montreal's out. And Vancouver. Well, we'll get to that later with Jeff Patterson. It's these four teams. Jets, Leafs, Oilers, Flames. The YouTube vote, I saw it, running away with it your Toronto Maple Leafs. So I feel like you and Clark are ballot box stuffers. <laughs> I voted for the Winnipeg Jets. And to be honest, I don't even think it's close. We could go through the reasons why they've got the best goaltending of any of those four teams. The record right now doesn't matter because that's going to change. So I'll go out and say it's the Winnipeg Jets. I almost unzipped, and I was, but I'm not wearing a Jets jacket. So <laughs> um, I might wear that later in the week,
2: Winnipeg Jets. To me, it's not a contest. You... I think it's the Leafs for now, but there's an argument to be made, I think, for the Leafs, the Jets, and the Oilers, because the Oilers are playing really, really well Mm -hmm. right now. I think the Flames end up being the odd team out here in this conversation. The Leafs for me, because I look at the standings, last time I looked at them, I think there was four teams in the Eastern Conference that were better than any team in the West. So because of the schedule and all that stuff, and still being at the top of the points um, near the top, the Leafs, um, the way they've played, I'll go with them for now. Well, Jason and Red Deer makes a good
0: point. He goes, hard to say the Oilers when they just got shellacked by the Habs. It is. I'm not going to argue with you on that. Yeah. But then they won on Saturday at Ottawa. I was busy, by the way. Can I just say something about the Flames? And again, March 13th, we'll be back at Great Eagle Resort and Casino starting our spring residency. I was listening to the Flames broadcast on the way, driving up from the Energy City on Saturday. And the Flames were down 2 nothing. They allowed two goals on three shots. The broadcast was predictable. Um, I get to the farm and I'm checking Twitter. Flames fans are incensed. Then they turn around and win 7-2. Score seven unanswered goals and win. This is all at Buffalo, which led me to the point in my weekend column that the Flames could be the best team in the NHL if they wanted to be. We'll park that and come back later. Maybe we'll revisit that with Craig Butner when we have more time, an hour two, because I want to mention this. It's only point three of our quick six show topics here today. Which incidentally I said to Peanut Butter Pete on the weekend, I said, Hey, do you watch Sports Center? And he said, Why would I? I watch the first twenty minutes of your show and I get everything. Why why waste sixty <laughs> minutes when we only need twenty? Why do eight minute abs when you can do it in seven? it's the newest thing seven minute abs why what about six minute abs you can't work your abs in six minutes that's ridiculous <laughs> that's ridiculous uh, point three with football season over baseball is on deck the first wave of toronto blue jays pitchers and catchers will report to training camp today albeit many have been at the team's complex and dunedin florida for several weeks these early report dates are for players participating in the World Baseball Classic, so there will be a slow drip of arrivals over the coming week and a half. Preseason action doesn't swing out our way until February 25th for the Jays when they visit the Pittsburgh Pirates. So again, uh, last night at the Four Seasons where we had our Super Bowl party, I had a guy beside me. He goes, you must be really excited. The Blue Jays are about to start. I'm like, no, no. Football's done. Can we concentrate on hockey? That should be really the only thing that we need to concentrate on right now. I'm not going to go up and down every day with the Blue Jays uh, spring training. No. I'm just not.
2: It was really cool being in Arizona for spring training last March. But, yeah, it's kind of neat to be around it. It's kind of cool that it's back, but that's cool. There's not day to day stuff to be worried about. It's hockey season. With The
0: races that we've got going on in the national hockey league right now. I'll be excited
2: for a few hours on opening day and then we'll go back to hockey and then we'll come back to it later. That reminds me, uh, Joe Sam is watching on game plus television on Victoria Island,
0: uh, Vancouver Island in Victoria. And he says, I'm glad you guys don't talk about golf. And I'm like, so am I bro. Uh, A guy misfired. You ever get the misfired text from a buddy? Yeah. Oop, that wasn't meant for you. (laughs) Mine was My Dale Mike. He texted me on Sunday morning. And he was like, do you think Adam Hadwin or somebody else is going to have a shot at winning today? Before I even responded, (laughs) Mike wrote me and he goes, oh, sorry, wrong guy. You're not a golf guy. I'm like, not even a little. (sighs)
2: Super
0: Bowl Sunday, for the love of God. Who's watching golf? I know, um John McPhee is watching in Rosetown, Sask. You know that town, I do. Uh, he says poor penalty to end a Super Bowl. We just we obviously covered that earlier. Uh, it was a penalty. So what do you want?
2: Do <laughs> <laughs> you see, I was okay with it. Yeah, yeah, you're it not- just the only thing it did. The only thing that that did is it sucked away the last minute of the game. It just made it so they could kneel it out, right? It didn't affect the game. They were still going to kick the field goal. Right, mm-hmm. and they still dominated Philly in the second half. It just, you know, took away the excitement of the end of the game. That's all it did. Uh, uh,
0: uh. uh
2: daytime sports talk, covering it all.
0: Moving on. Uh, Dan McCabe is watching on Game Plus TV. We've got a lot of viewers, by the way, around here on television because they've all been coming up to me for the last week. That's a good thing. Dan says, my belief has always been that they should play the Grey Cup game on the third week in October and avoid the players slipping and sliding on snow and ice yet they were at the Super Bowl slipping and sliding on the turf and painted logos crazy why is nobody ripping the NFL on that because that's pretty bush
2: league I saw that eight hundred thousand dollars they spent on the turf they put it in painted the lines they were rolling it out every day so it would get adequate heat and everything else and and then they were still slipping a little bit during that game. It was weird. Prompting players to change their cleats middle of the game. Kicker fell down after kicking off. Yeah, very weird. Very, very but weird. But nobody would dare call the
0: NFL Bush League, but it was Bush League. Yeah. Can you imagine if that was the CFL? They'd be ripping them. Neck to navel. Uh, point four, quarterback Derek Carr turned down a trade offer from the Las Vegas Raiders to the New Orleans Saints, said a source to the Associated Press. That person said uh, Derek Carr wouldn't accept a pay cut to help finalize the deal. Who does he think he is? I, just, I talked to one of his former coaches. You know who it is. Yeah. He said that guy's uncoachable. Just putting it out there. Point five, there are 11 games on the NBA schedule tonight, but the Toronto Raptors have the day off after beating the Detroit Pistons 119-118 Sunday in a nail-biter. The Raptors are 6-4 and four in their last 10. They're home to the Orlando Magic Tuesday night. The Atlanta Hawks, hashtag 2 TL, here come the Hawks, zapped San Antonio 125-106 on Sunday. How about that, Ryan? Our radio. But our Georgia Swarm lost 11-10 in NLL play on the weekend. And the Rush, Saskatchewan Rush, got spanked in Calgary on TSN Friday night. Were we together watching that? We weren't, no. I don't know who you were with. I was in the Tower Tap House in Esteban watching the Rush on television. That's right. How about that? Yeah. How about well, that? McTavish, they pulled their pants down and gave him a spanking. Calgary did. They really did. <laughs>
2: Yeah, you, they, uh, when did it end up? It was 11-5 or something Yeah, like that. when they I watched, it was... I can't remember what the final one. Hell of a crowd.
0: Yeah. It was 14,000-plus in the Saddle Dome. Yeah, great
2: atmosphere. You and I have been to games.
0: I got some randoms here. Uh, the Moose Jaw Warriors Junior Hockey Club is in the news, and not for good reasons. The Western Hockey League announced that Warriors goalie Connor Unger, defenseman Max Wanner, and Merrick Howell, and center Lyndon Lakovic were suspended indefinitely pending an in investigation into possible violations of team rules and the whl standard of conduct policies i don't know anything about it at all i want to keep it that way doesn't look like there's been any police involvement here so that's good people are running off with all their crazy theories i don't know anything about it i hope it has a peaceful conclusion how about that yeah and uh, canadian football league buzz here in the time we have left in this segment, which is a lot. Jeff Patterson coming up and Craig Button in hour two. It is a little confusing. I had somebody send me this morning, Cody Fajardo, my guy, quarterback, left Saskatchewan, gone to Montreal, it seems, penning a long farewell. I meant to spend more time on this. We'll have to get this into our weekend. Yeah. A long farewell to the Rider Nation here in Saskatchewan. He said his son was born here. My heart's there. I gave you everything I had, which he did, and that's why I love him so much. Uh, a wide receiver named Shaq Evans did the same thing over the weekend. He's gone. I think Kyran Moore, our guy, swerve, Got his nickname from Deron Carter. He penned a farewell. Other players from across the league have. Did Bo do that for Calgary or no? If he did, I don't remember it. But when did yeah. this become a thing, saying a farewell to their team.
2: Yeah, and I asked you, you know, before the show, what's the, what's the number? What's the appropriate time? What's the appropriate time? Like, like, if you were with the team for a year, two years, five, ten, I always thought, you know, ten years is probably the number for a big video tribute when you come back and a big farewell. You know, guys would take out, used to be full pages in the newspaper to say, you know, farewell, big veterans. Um, I think, you know, if you're just a couple of years, a tweet is good, you know, a nice farewell tweet. Enjoyed my time. A yeah. big penned message. Maybe for a quarterback like Cody, he'd be flirting with the line. Flirting with the line. Uh, he was on the way
0: to being on the way the best ever. <laughs> yeah, on <laughs> the it way. And it did a hairpin turn. Right. Um, which we're going to have to get into next hour because, obviously, I could talk about that forever. Um, Troy watching in Toronto says, according to Google, penalty shots scored 33% of the time and power play average scoring is 19.8% of the time. Always take the penalty shot. Seems elementary, doesn't it? It was a hell of a question from my sister-in-law, Tracy. Lifetime in the game and I'd never... Nobody put it like that before. Um, Andrew Stout says, how about the controversy with the women's national hockey team? I feel for them. They deserve what the men get. It's a business... If they have the revenue that the men get, then they should have the split of the pay that the men get. I don't think that they do. Uh, we Okay, we're going to break. Oh, Ted in uh, Arizona wants to know, hey, Clark or Rod, who won the third jersey contest? The funny thing is, Darren's the one in charge of it. We're into the final four, four yeah. and we'll be doing it later this week, starting tomorrow. Yeah, Is Jeff Patterson ready, Clark? We're going to Vancouver next. It's a great day, brand new week. It's the RP Show, and we're live on Game Plus Television Network, YouTube, your favorite podcast platform, and on the radio, WQEE, The Key.
1: Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You got to subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Hey, honey, can you get one of the kids to show me how this Twitter thing works? Honey, I need to get on Instagram. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show.
0: RP Show continues on this Monday. Poll question for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center. Which is Canada's best NHL team today? Flames, Oilers, Jets, or Leafs? On YouTube, the Leafs are leading. On Twitter, the Winnipeg Jets are leading. Jeff Patterson covers the Vancouver Canucks for uh, Sicaris and Price and a rink-wide van, joins us today from the West Coast. Hey, uh, JP, I'm sorry that the Canucks aren't in that poll, but you get it. Uh, <laughs> what is the update on the Vancouver Canucks in the new Rick Tocket era?
3: Uh, Roddy, thanks for having me back on. Uh, The Canucks were out of that poll seven games into the season when they were 0-5-2, as you will recall way back in October. Uh, And those are the good days, unfortunately, for this season. It's kind of gone sideways Mm -hmm. since then, obviously, the coaching change. Tockett's been on the job for seven games now. They've just come off a four-game road trip out east after the All-Star break. Won one of those. A wildly entertaining game on Long Island in the Bo versus Bo, Bo Horvat against Anthony Beauvillier. And, of course, they both scored in that game, so there were lots of storylines there, but Uh, Look, it's a new head coach, but it's the same roster. And until they address that, I I don't think Rick Tockett's a miracle worker. Uh, You know, he's trying to instill some new changes and some systems and things. But ultimately, uh, this is a team that cannot get a save. It's got the worst save percentage in the National Hockey League in the last couple of weeks. And really, it goes further than that since Thatcher Demko got hurt. On December the 1st, they've been running with a couple of uh, backups, guys that uh, really are, you know, AHL quality goaltenders that are getting an opportunity in the National Hockey League, and they just can't get saves, and proof of that was in Detroit on Saturday. They were down 2 nothing on the first two shots of the hockey game. That's hard on the coach. It's hard on the guys in front of the goaltenders. They're trying to do their job, but uh, all of a sudden, you're playing catch-up, and the Canucks get scored on first so often, and they're trailing and then playing catch up and chasing games and so uh yeah it's been a struggle there's 29 games to go it's a rematch against the red wings tonight here in vancouver and the start of a three-game homestand but uh uh, there's gonna be a lot of long nights ahead here and really it's now about what do they do between now and the that march 3rd trade deadline they've traded horvat but uh, i do not think that they're done i expect that there'll be more trade activity from the vancouver Canucks.
0: so that's a that's a sell a sell-off scenario and i guess are you Kind of intimating to me that nothing's changed under Rick Tockett. Has anything uh in, in the mood changed around the team? I understand they've been on the road here, but do you see a change?
3: I again it's early time. Seven games is tough. And the first two of the first three games they played at home against Chicago and against Columbus, uh, those were two of his three wins, and those are pretty much freebies on the on the bingo card, although Columbus went into Toronto and, and did win on Saturday night. So I guess on any given night in the National Hockey League. Again, he's trying. So when you look at a new coach and what he's trying to do, uh, he's questioned the fitness level of the Vancouver Canucks, which was interesting, I thought. Um, You know, these are pro athletes. uh, There are expectations that conditioning shouldn't be an issue. But at the same time, uh, I guess uh, you can always be, you know, a little fitter and, and, and sharper late in hockey games, perhaps. And that's where I talk about them chasing the game all the time and trailing. You know, it takes a lot of energy mentally and physically to to always be battling back. So that's going to be something to watch. They don't have a lot of practice time. And that's something that Talkett has lamented here as well. They're just in the meat of the schedule now after the All-Star break where they play every other night and a fair bit of travel. And so it's going to be interesting to see what he can do on the fitness front. Otherwise, it becomes deployment, right? Like every coach has their guys and You know, a player like Brock Besser, who I think is still very much on the trade block. Uh, He's gotten a bump under the new head coach, and he's been promoted to the top line with Elias Pedersen, and he's responded, and he had his best game of the season, that Islanders game that I mentioned. But the flip side there is Andre Kuzmenko, this first-year Russian, who was the second-leading scorer on the Vancouver Canucks. All of a sudden, he can't get on the ice. His ice time has been reduced to 11, 12 minutes the last couple of games. And clearly, there's something there uh, that Rick Tockett is seeing or not seeing that, uh, you know, he's going to need a little bit more. Uh, Tockett, we all know Rick Tockett the way that he played, right? Uh, As rugged and hard-nosed as they come. Uh, But that was then. It was a different era of hockey. And not every guy is cut from the Rick Tockett cloth. So, you know, we're in that process here seven games in of sort of figuring out who are Tockett's guys, who are the guys that are going to respond to the coaching change? Who are going to fade away? And that's just a constant in hockey. Whenever there is a change behind the bench, some guys uh, react and respond to it. Other guys, uh, they have struggle adapt or they struggle adapting. So I, I would say that we're still in the fact finding mode. Ultimately, results don't matter for this group. When you're talking about the best team in Canada, uh, you're not wrong when you say that the Canucks are not included in that group and so uh talking on day one said it's not about the results it's now about identifying guys that they can move forward with and also uh it's about individual improvement who gets better over these final 30 games the rest of the way and ultimately who's gonna be around after that trade deadline so you know he's trying to instill systems and values and all that but again there's a a revolving door here i think there are going to be a few more pieces out that door uh before all is said and done two-part question
0: what do you think the mathematical chances are of them landing the number one overall pick in, in Connor Bedard? And two, you're from there. Connor is from there. Would it be good or bad for him to go to the Vancouver Canucks if the balls fell that way and they were in position to do it?
3: Yeah, i put them in the very long shot category. I think they're 27th in the National Hockey League. I mean, we're at that point, though, where a team like Montreal beat the Islanders and Edmonton over the weekend, and people in Vancouver are rejoicing because Montreal is now two points in front of the Vancouver Canucks in the overall standings. And again, that's uh, kind of where we are with this group. But there are some really bad teams in the National Hockey League. We know that, and I just think the Canucks, uh, they've got a player like Elias Pettersson who is going and is capable of winning game single-handedly Quinn Hughes picked up his 50th point the other day you know he's doing things that haven't been done out here in 50 years on defense it's like there is talent on this team that some of those bottom feeders when you look at the rosters of Anaheim and you know we expect the big sell-off in Chicago and talked about all the injuries that a team like Columbus has gone through uh, that said when you are where the Canucks are in the standings there's no easy games they still have a bunch of head-to-head games they haven't been to arizona yet they still have three left against arizona Uh, they still play the blackhawks a couple of times and so i mean those are games ultimately they're going to impact where they finish in the standings i don't think they can tumble though far enough that you know the lottery odds are going to be in their favor and the other thing is the lottery has never been kind to the vancouver canucks even when they were bad bad uh a few years ago uh you know they were still one of those teams that tumbled as other teams won the lottery and so uh, this is a team that's never had the first overall pick in its franchise history. And that goes back to spinning the, the lottery wheel against uh, Buffalo back in 1970 ahead of the first ever draft that the Canucks were involved in. And the Sabres got Gilbert Perot and the Canucks ended up with Dale Talon. So there's a, a half century of history when it comes to the lottery and drafting uh, the flip side or the other part of your question. I, uh, I, people here would embrace this. Uh, I mean, we've seen what Conor Bedard has done. We've seen him selling out buildings around the Western Hockey League. It was a big event here in late January when he came through, or actually, I guess that was the top prospects game, but back in November, he came through with the Regina Pats. They sold out the Langley Events Center. It was advanced building. It was top of the news cycle out here. So people are well aware of what Conor Bedard has done. Go back to the World Juniors as well. Uh, But you're right. I mean, I think that's a fair question about uh, local guys in their own market. Jake Vertanen is uh, an example of a guy that never lived up to the building, an Abbotsford guy here, and, you know, the sixth overall pick back in his draft in in 2014. And, of course, is now out of the National Hockey League for a variety of reasons. But uh, Connor Bedard's a pretty special kid. You know that better than most, Rod. Uh, I think people here would absolutely love to see him in a Vancouver Connect uniform. And I get the sense that this guy is going to be uh, an absolute slam dunk home run, if I can mix my sports metaphors, uh, wherever he plays. So even if it was the pressure of here at home, uh, pressure doesn't seem to get to this guy. Uh, he would be welcomed with open arms if somehow the lottery balls could bounce in the Vancouver Canucks' favor this year.
0: Isn't that nice? Well, uh, Jeff, thanks for that. We are out of time, but uh, good luck on the trail. For your sake, I hope they do get him. And uh, it's always interesting. So you can catch Jeff daily on and Price in rink-wide Vancouver. Enjoy the hockey, Jeff. Thanks for the time
3: today. All right, Roddy, and I'm voting for Winnipeg. I'm throwing my vote behind the Jets as the top team in Canada. You and me both. Yep, yeah, thanks, Jeff. Jeff
0: Patterson checking right. in from Vancouver. When we come back, we've got a sports update, audience takeover. The Moose rejoins an hour two, and TSN's Craig Button. It's the RP Show, and we are on Game Plus Television, live streaming on YouTube daily, and the radio WQEE, the key.
1: Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Because it's a heave ho, hi-ohs! Dealing wheat and barley, such a young man's game. Hey, there's an easier way to plunder. Playnow.com, Saskatchewan's only legal gambling site. How do we score such a bounty? With slot games, table games, and sports betting. Winning such a treasure, there'd be no more swabbing the deck.
3: Visit playnow.com to sign up today. Play with confidence, plus profit, stay in Saskatchewan. Must be
1: 19 plus to play. Use your game sense. Did you know you can catch all the best moments from the show on all our social media platforms? Now back to the studio with Rod.
0: Yeah, buddy. The Moose will be with us an hour, too. I got this part. Sports update. There are five games in the NHL tonight, including an all-Canadian battle in Ottawa where the Calgary Flames take on the Sens. Calgary coming off a 7-2 win over the Sabres Saturday. Ottawa dropped a 6-3 decision to the Oilers Saturday. Elsewhere, Vancouver hosts Detroit, as uh, JP just mentioned. Fresh off a Super Bowl victory, Coach Andy Reid says he plans on returning to coach the Kansas City Chiefs next season. Reed, who turns 65 next month, ended any speculation about his potential retirement by telling reporters that he plans to stick around if the team will have him. This sports update for Landmark Cinemas, here's what's on at the movies. Playing now, A Man Called Otto. Based on the comical and moving number one New York Times bestseller, A Man Called Otto stars Tom Hanks. Well, as Otto Anderson, a grumpy widower who is very set in his ways, but when a lively young family moves in next door, he meets his match in quick-witted and very pregnant Marisol, leading to an unlikely friendship that will turn his world upside down. In theaters now, landmark cinemas, a man called Otto. It's interesting. (laughs) Blue Jays players reporting, and I'm just... Pump the brakes today to Dunedin. We've barely got into the Super Bowl game, really. The halftime, the penalty call that decided it. Canada's best NHL team. Can we just stop on the Blue Jays for a second? I love them too, but we can't talk about everything. There's a lot of CFL fans here that want to talk about free agency opening Tuesday, which is Valentine's Day. Got an email here from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Their general manager, Kyle Walters, is meeting with the media today. There's a lot going on. Uh, Carlos in Indianapolis writes in. He says, I know it's early, but how's the RP Show RV Tour coming along? Well, I guess we'll have to uh, have a meeting after the show today because I don't know. I haven't heard anything. My hands are full with other things. Uh, Swerve writes in. He's a Minnesota Wild fan, and he says, We owe Florida a beatdown tonight. Wild and Florida Panthers are meeting tonight everybody has their own thing what they're into right now we got to settle in on what we're interested in um hey i like this topic of farewells it's this is something we could get into players saying farewell to a team seems to right now be a canadian football league thing cody fajardo who Interestingly enough, we were getting fan mail from the state of Georgia for Cody. They're listening on WQEE. Cody's got fans there. He played at Nevada. I don't really get it. He's from Brea, California. But anyways, today he penned a farewell to the Ryder Nation. On the weekend, receivers Shaq Evans and Swerve Moore did the same. Jeff, the Stamps fan, responds to our question. "Did Did Bo Levi Mitchell do that in Calgary? Jeff says Bo had his farewell at mcmahon stadium fair he didn't need to write anything i wasn't at that game because the flames were playing that night i don't remember to against whom but i remember all the big to-do written bow waved to the crowd so he had his thing he didn't have to write it down but how long do you need to be with the team before you feel the need to write a farewell to the fans Darren? i think he said like 10 years we'll talk about that next hour And is there any other leagues doing it? you got to refresh my memory. I don't, because I'm such a look forward kind of guy. I don't spend a lot of time looking back. I can't think of others. Regarding, last minute of play in hour one, regarding the Canucks and where they are at. They're in purgatory right now. Kevin, the medium saying, tank Canucks, tank. Kevin, can you pass them over? Can you just, are they there yet? They're not good enough to make the playoffs, but they're not bad enough to draft the hometown kid, Connor Bedard. That sounds like hell to me. That's where the Vancouver Canucks are. Hell. Jeff Cabillis, watching in Winnipeg, says, I got mixed reactions wearing my Mahomes jersey to work today. We can talk about that, too. I see people bashing Patrick Mahomes all over the place, saying he's cocky, he's this. He's, they're bashing Patrick Mahomes. You know what that does? That says something about that person. How insecure they are that a guy like Patrick Mahomes makes them feel uncomfortable. But enough of that. Great button coming up in hour two, and more of all this, whatever this is, after this brief pause.
1: Head to youtube.com/slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may
3: have missed.